Hello everyone. This is the Vuji Space, a podcast where we will try to teach you more about your body and help boost your health by using ancient martial arts techniques and Chinese medicinal practices. This is episode 1 where we will describe what the Vuji Space exactly is. Hopefully, all of you are safe at home right now and practicing social distancing. I'm your host Utkarsh Chaudhary and I'm co-hosting this with our expert Anthony Gudadi. We both are Penn State University graduates and decided to produce this podcast so we can provide more knowledge to people about their body during this pandemic time. Anthony is our expert here. He is a licensed massage therapist in Pennsylvania and Maryland and holds third degree black belts in two martial arts and is a Tai Chi and Qigong instructor. He has studied and taught in China, South Korea, Thailand, Costa Rica and throughout the United States. Combining his knowledge of western science with eastern philosophy, he uses his experience with the physical and meditative qualities of massage, qigong, and tai chi to mend the body, calm the mind, and build the spirit. When all three are harmonized, true healing can begin. And so Anthony works not to heal you, but to facilitate the change necessary for you to heal yourself. Anthony integrates martial arts and massage principles to guide clients towards reclaiming mastery of their body. His practice is tailored towards clients looking to reduce pain and increase range of motion as well as working with clients suffering with PTSD, trauma, anxiety and depression. He works one-on-one with clients in a massage environment and runs in-person and online group classes in Tai Chi and Qigong. So Anthony, tell us about the Wuji space. Yeah, of course. So Wuji and the whole concept comes out of Taoist, Buddhist and Confucianist philosophy. Um So, even if you don't have a really strong understanding, I'm sure most of our viewers have some sort of familiarity with the yin yang, right? We may be able to picture the circle with the black side and the white dot inside of it and then the white side with the black dot inside of it. Mm-hmm. We may also be aware that yin and yang are opposites of each other, you know, you've got the light and the dark, the up and the down, all that. Throughout the podcast, we'll learn more and more about them. But before we get to the yin and yang, we need to understand the wuji So in the beginning, before the big bang, before God saying let there be light or whatever your belief happens to be, <laughs> we had wuji. The dimensions of length, width, height, time, etc. the t- the dimensions did not yet exist. There is no space and there is no time. So the first law of thermodynamics states that energy cannot be created or destroyed. Matter works this way too. So we've got the laws of conservation of energy and the law of conservation of matter. Right. So before the big bang, all the energy and all the mass in the entire universe was condensed into the wuji without space or time. Okay. Everything was in complete balance and complete harmony. Once the big bang happened, once God clapped his hands and gave us light, whatever you believe happened, mm-hmm. chaos was introduced into the universe. Okay. If you see chaos and redactionism, they refer to this as noise. In Chinese philosophy, we refer, we refer to it as Tai Chi. After the bang, equal and opposite forces were introduced. Those forces are the yin and the yang, and they are constantly working to balance and neutralize. That neutralization is what we call Tai Chi. So the whole point of Tai Chi practices, the whole reason Buddhists and Taoists meditate, is to seek and find their own balance. They seek to harmonize and neutralize all the chaos and return back to that wuji state. In this state, space and time don't matter. They have access to the knowledge of the whole universe. 
That sounds amazing. Do you think it's in simpler terms we can define Muzi's state as like a state of your mind and body when they're all in balance? Yeah, basically. Um, so if you've ever heard of the term Nirvana, right? And I don't mean the awesome band from the 90s. I mean the uh, Eastern philosophy of Nirvana and enlightenment is another term we use for mm-hmm. it, right? Mm-hmm. Is, there's more to it, but one piece of Nirvana, one piece of enlightenment is being able to find and access the Wuji state. Right. Okay. Um, my next question would be for someone like me who doesn't practice Taiji or meditation every day, can I access Wuji space? Yeah. Um, so we actually all have moments where we fall into the Wuji space. And the point of practicing Tai Chi isn't necessarily to get there the first time. It's to get there on purpose. So most of us have probably made it there accidentally before. So as I said, in the Wuji space, space and time haven't been created yet. So we get this access to this cosmic knowledge, if you will. Um, so if you've ever had one of those moments where like the light bulb goes off, right? right. Where you get this sudden clarity and you understand what's going on. Maybe it was in college while you were studying for uh-huh. some exam, or maybe it was, you know, some night talking with your friends of what's going on. You're trying to play Sherlock Holmes and you know, piece together this interaction you had with Stalin and you just don't understand it. And then boom, all of a sudden out of nowhere, it's like, yeah, I know exactly what happened. And you cannot really explain why you know, but you know. Right. That would be a moment where just for a second, for a brief instance in time, you access that Wuji state. That's interesting. That happened to me multiple times, but I didn't realize that was a Wuji space or it had a name. Absolutely. We we tend to just call it, you know, a um, a moment of clarity. We call it a eureka moment, right? And we just accept that and keep moving. But so those moments would be, happen when we fit the Wuji state. Can I access my Wuji space whenever I want? As you practice, you can learn to get there. Yeah. Um, and that's one of the big concepts is learning how to get there on purpose. And that's a huge point of meditation is you hear people who meditate all the time talk about empty mind. Which, yes, that is absolutely part of meditation, but it's only a piece of it. Mm-hmm. The first part of meditation is empty your mind. You cannot get to the Wuji state when you've got 800,000 thoughts going through your mind all at one time. So the first thing you're trying to do is clear everything out of your mind. Because once you have that stillness, once you have that clarity, then you can begin to guide yourself into the Wuji state. Mm-hmm. When I teach my classes, I tend to refer to it as, <laughs> I'm laughing as I'm here recording at my desk, that does not look like the Wuji state whatsoever right now. <laughs> but you look at your workstation, right? Your work desk. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I've got three cups, I've got like four notebooks, a couple clipboards, um, I've got two computers, I've got my Alexa, I've got my checkbook, I've got all kinds of just 
job on this desk, right? Mm -hmm. Really hard for me to sit down and say, gee, where should I start? Because I've got so much clutter, right? Right. So the first thing you would do is clear everything off your desk. That's like emptying your mind, right? Mm -hmm. And then once your desk is empty, now you can look at things one at a time. You take a single thing and put it on your desk, and you can decide, yeah, you know what? This is not something I need. So you get rid of it, and you never have to deal with it again because you threw it in the trash. Right. Or you go, okay, yeah, this is like a two-minute project that I keep putting off. Let me take care of that right now. Mm -hmm. Boom. That one's now done. I never have to deal with it again. And you kind of weed everything out, and then you really get a handle on that mess that you had before. And that's sort of the concept of on purpose getting into that Wuji state and what you then do because you got there, if that makes sense. Right. Okay. That makes sense. Um, why should I even try to achieve my Wuji state? Yeah, so you've got a lot of different benefits from the Wuji state. Mm -hmm. One is, you know, especially in a time like we're going through right now with so much stress, so much anxiety, so much depression, all that happening, so much going on with mental health. Mm -hmm. The Wuji state is a really good way to help go in and sort of calm down your mind, which helps literally flush out and cleanse yourself a little bit. So, you know, in the same way that if you have, I don't know, say, like, plantar fasciitis, or you've got some sort of tendonitis going on, mm -hmm. your doctor's going to tell you, no, you're probably using that joint way too much. Why don't you give it some rest, right? Right. And now's not the time to go out and do the Boston Marathon. Right. Going to Fuji State is a way of giving rest to your mind so that it is also not working as hard um, so that it too gets time to repair and heal some of the damage that it may have. Um, other reasons to go into the Wuji state is from that space, there's a huge mind-body connection. Yeah. And in later podcast talks you and I are going to do, I'll go more into that. Okay. But we've all heard the term mind over matter. And to a point, that is a very real phenomenon that you're able to do so much more with your physical body mm -hmm. when your mind has the clarity to drive it. And getting into that Wuji state is the way you control and have that mind over matter presence. Right. And we definitely need it right now in all the chaos that's going around us. Absolutely. My last definitely. question for today, at least, would be, let's say I achieved my Wuji state. How can I help someone achieve their Wuji state? Or can I? It's a good question. Um, and I would say it depends, right? Mm -hmm. If you are asking, you know, I work with you right now and I get you into the Wuji space for the first time on purpose. Right. 
not necessarily recommend that you now go out and try to teach someone else how to do it. I would recommend you go, wow, that was awesome, amazing. I want my friends to know about this. And you send them to someone like me or anyone else who's qualified, trained in doing this until you get better with it because there is a piece of meditative property to it. There is a piece. Hypnotism isn't the right word, but sort of similar. There's a bit of hypnotism that goes on. So you want to make sure if you're guiding someone Mm -hmm. that you really understand what the map says so that if you make a detour somewhere, you know the roads well enough to go, oh, okay, we cannot take this road, but I know these roads so I can get us back. Because otherwise, if you get lost while you're guiding someone, Mm -hmm. then you can cause unintended consequences, we'll say. Um, But if you are finding someone who is qualified, who does know how to do this, then absolutely, this is very much a guided meditation that you can walk someone through right. and you spend a couple months practicing it until you sort of memorize the guided meditation for yourself and then you're able to get yourself there without me or without any other instructor that you may have helping you get there so that you can do it truly when you want, how you need. Right, okay. So... Once I know how to achieve my Wuji state and have enough practice in it, I should be able to help other people. Yeah, absolutely. All right. Mm-hmm. That makes sense. So yeah, we are going to touch on yin yang and Taiji later on. Um, but for this episode, let's get into another segment. Do you want to talk about awesome. the muscle of the day? Yeah, so... We have, depending on how you count and your genetics, we have roughly 640 muscles in the body, which is just like bananas also to me. Um, And so while we're all in our quarantine here as we're practicing our social distancing um, and having summer being right around the corner, I figured I want to start with some of the muscles in our abdomen region um, as we're all going well what else am I going to do with all this free time that I have at home other than of course get ready for that beach body right so the first muscle I want to talk about is a muscle called your rectus abdominis which we think of as our six-pack so everyone actually has a six-pack abs um, although some people technically have an eight-pack and that is genetic no amount of working out will give you an eight pack if you genetically have a six pack. Right. The difference between eight pack and a six pack is just a sheet of tendon. It's not about strength. It's literally just a tendon that some of us have and some of us don't have. Um, but this is the muscle that we associate with being that six pack. Mm-hmm. So it's to attach on, like if you think of a skeleton, right? You can think where that pelvis is, where those hips are, right. and you can think where the ribs are up top. Uh-huh. So it matches origin is at the pubic symphysis, which is pretty much right at the middle of the front of the pubic bones, where the left and the right meet. 
So your six-pack abs start there. They go all the way up the front, and then they connect on your xiphoid process, which is where your ribs meet, mm-hmm. and then connect to the cartilage of your fifth, sixth, and seventh rib. Then you go down the front of the body. Right. And the purpose of your rectus abdominis is to bend your chest forwards so that you know, if you're thinking like leaning down to you know, tie your shoes, that bend that happens from your spine. It's your rectus abdominis that does that. It also helps compress all your abdominal viscera, um, which is basically a fancy way of saying it helps hold everything, all your organs and stuff. It helps hold them where they're supposed to be. Mm -hmm. And then also help in our exhale. Um, So it's a really important muscle, but we also tend to give it way too much focus at the gym. Um, And often a lot of the exercises that you're doing to try to get your six-pack ab aren't actually engaging that particular muscle. You've got a whole bunch of different muscles in your core, a bunch of different muscles in that abdominal region. And when I'm at the I'm guilty of it too, but when I'm at the gym and I watch people trying to get that six-pack ab and they get frustrated that they're not getting it, a lot of the time it's because the movements they're doing aren't movements that your rectus abdominis do they're movements of other muscles within the core so you're not working out the muscle you think you're working out which is why you end up getting a six there's also of course before my gym rats jump down my throat there are absolutely also getting a six-pack is like 90 percent diet and like 10 percent what you do at the gym so that is absolutely the other half of it uh-huh That is your rectus abdominis, and that is our first muscle down, 639 to go. There we go. So we got 639 more episodes. There you go. I'll be here. All right. So moving on to our next segment, healthy tip of the day. Now that we've talked about how to access our Vuji space and have learned that meditation can help, I would recommend our listeners to start practicing meditation every morning. If you're new to meditation, start with five minutes. Just close your eyes and breathe and focus on your breathing. Once you get comfortable with it, increase your time and go up to like 10 minutes every morning. Then do 10 minutes every morning and every night. It will help in reducing anxiety and would increase your focus. And eventually it would help you access your Vuji space. So this was our episode. Keep working on your social distancing and staying home. I know it's tough right now, but it will keep us and you safe. Take this time to learn something new. Spend it with your family. Please stay safe, everyone. See you in the next episode.